Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. I don't know how long a podcast could really be until I started ever watching Rogan's. And then it seems like I don't see people start podcasts and do like a 20 minute version. And then there was like a 10 minute one at, at, that Will Sasso uh, was doing for a little bit with Callan and, yeah. and Delia. And then so but three and a half hours is crazy. But you guys are such homies that I'm sure it probably you there was no really end in sight. Right. You could probably could have done another three. <laughs> It, that's so exactly where whereas i've done my podcast and i'm like i'm 20 minutes in i'm like is it over <laughs> yeah i know is it over? which by the way it's i mean less is more but also people probably want to hear you and wit gab but what can i ask what the fuck you can talk about for three and a half hours together that's like are you Skincare, ever right, okay that's all a lot of, of it. it yeah all of it now is it are you engaged the whole time yeah cool but i'm like yeah You've always struck me as, her, so. as a good listener, but also she's, really? yeah. I, how do you know? I feel like I am. How do yeah. you know? I don't know because you just, uh, you're, you're always, you've never been afraid of eye contact and that's a big giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> you love eye contact, Esther. You, <laughs> you're such an eye contact slut. Um, that's so funny. No, but yeah, you just always, as long as I've known you, you've just, yeah, I don't know. And you've, I've never also felt like I've had a, which we're all guilty of, one of these moments. Like, talk, like, like, ask me a question about my day. How are you? What's up? Um, I'm good. It's I uh, know. like that. I we know. all do that, but I feel like I've never I had know. that with you. But maybe that's maybe we need to hang out that for three and a half hours. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really don't do that. Wait, I'm gonna actually speaking that silence. This okay? Cool. I'm safe. Gage, you want me to move over? Uh no, she's just not. I'll I'll show it to her. I'll actually show her the framing so oh, cool. she knows where mm-hmm. to be. Are you in your office, Esther? Yeah, it's like my office slash playroom. It's if you saw how disgusting it was in here, you oh I see okay. So yeah, just a little yeah. bit, and that's where the cool. We get to see the shrubbery too. Framing will be yeah. Is the window open? I can't tell. No, it's not. Yeah, are you a uh? Are you a fan of natural light? Boy, Adam, be prepared. What a fucking bad question. Are you? <laughs> I was just talking to a friend about this. It's like ha- not having a lot of outside human connection. Like he said the word cranky and he was like, is that a word? And I'm like, wow, it's been a minute. He's like, yeah. He's like, I almost was going to bust out a thesaurus before we got on the phone just because I haven't said a lot of words. And I'm like, well, that's depressing. You know, talk to your dog. But, um, do you uh I'm in, 
I'm impressed you're in a studio. Like, that's cool. I did just go to Whitney's house, which was, I can't believe I did it. I'm actually so anxious. I'm, yeah, I'm really anxious that I did it, but I just felt like I had to. She wipes it down, right? She seems pretty OCD with keeping it germ free. If she has COVID, like, I got the world's largest dose of it just now. (gasps) Yeah. Because we were talking for three hours. So I'm like a little anxious, but whatever. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's, but also, come on, who doesn't want to, I mean, you got to do the show, and also, I'm, her house looks pretty spectacular from what I can see on Instagram. Jesus Christ, it's she's got crazy. like a, a bee farm in her pool, right? It's absurd. That's the, so nice. fuck. Do you want that type of uh, money and living situation, or are you pretty, you, were you raised I, to kind of just appreciate the little things and kind of keep a humble, uh, you know, I mindset. literally want to live in a shed in my parents' backyard. So that gives you that's the an dream. Idea. Yeah. Wait, are we recording? Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah, of course. <sighs> Jump right into it. Um. Yeah, I want to live in a shed. So I'm. <laughs> I literally want to live in. I mean, a nice shed, not a bad yeah. one. But yeah, I that's like maintenance. I don't really like maintenance. I don't. I want as little to do as possible. You're not a handy so I can gal. Focus. No, Me I did either. learn how to. I learned how to caulk. Caulk. I think it's cuck. To say. I think it's a cuck. You're, you've learned <laughs> no. how to cuck. Yeah. So no, no, you no, no, sit no, no, in the no, corner no. and watch people. C a u l k. Gotcha. So that was my big like thing that I learned, but I don't want to learn huge. more. My brain is full. I don't need more. Yeah, I, it's for me. I've always been like, if I have to concern myself with too many other like life things, like changing a tire and doing this, then I'm taking up room for creative thoughts. Yeah, and I only have but enough that, space. But that mindset is actually so toxic because I then know. you start to get bitter. You're like, I'm like, why am I fucking emptying the refrigerator ice machine? I'm supposed to be. <laughs> making tie-dye <laughs> like i'm like in yeah. my head my inner monologue just like hates myself that i have to like i don't know like monitor like water damage i don't know i'm just it's a nightmare i, I we have to learn how to be humans we at do at some point you have to just we just have to give in and like accept that responsibilities are are our fate wow Fucking! I didn't know we were gonna get so that profound deep. this early. So into the pod. deep. I'm so <laughs> interesting and deep. Adam, how are you? What's going I'm on? Good. How is how is your pandemic? It's um, I think like most people's uh highs and lows, ups and downs. But yeah, look, I uh, I the way I kind of gauge it is, are you um, and this is when I I try to flip it on myself if I can tell that I'm maybe just waking up on the wrong side of of uh of being in a good place like mentally and physically that i just make sure that i recognize it and i do something about it and don't just go like give in to the feelings of of being stressed out or overwhelmed so that i'll maybe i go down a wormhole of news coverage or stuff and just kind of like pile onto it i'll try to be real quick but i'm not someone that's like i'll just take a walk and that'll fix everything like Somebody was telling me the other day, like, dude, when I just, if I get, I just go out, I take a walk, and I take a three-hour walk. And and I've done that sometimes, and it's nice, but it's not a, it's never been something that's a complete game changer for me. It's it's the, uh, I have to, uh, you know, 
be like satisfied creatively. And uh, so I've been trying to, you know, I've been doing a bunch of weird character podcasts with Jeremiah and doing Rick's podcast was a, a blast. And, and, you know, these, Oh my uh, God. Rick's podcast is a nightmare. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, we get super stoned. So you do. Just, Oh, so it is just a silly. No, I, I love, I love it. it. Those podcasts turn out so funny and yeah. so great. I love it. But every time I have to go over there to do it, even though I am simultaneously grateful, I'm also just like, <laughs> which is what your d- dynamic is so great do you, did you even have to climb his balcony like i did did you no but i wish i would have i showed up he wasn't wearing a mask i'm like we're inside you're not wearing a mask he's giving me these calculated directions on how to remove my shoes so that they don't touch his floor i'm like you're not wearing a mask and i can't get my fucking germs on your floor yeah. fuck you i was so mad we got into this huge fight but yeah, I, I, I wish I did the climb on the balcony thing. I that would have been. He better. threw down like an old school like fire school. Like, did you ever have at your schools where they brought like a um? It was to simulate like how you escape from a fire. Yeah. So they had like the yeah. Okay, I think that's a pretty universal thing where they pull up the fake. It was like a, a a fake house, and it was like so you could feel the back of the door how hot it was, and they would yes. have smoke come in, and you'd stop, drop, and how roll. How fun. And, Oh, it's the like most a fun. fake pretend fire. Can we? Look, that's so fun. <laughs> yeah. I hate adulthood. It's not. It fun. sucks. Somebody asked me the other day, quick tangent. They go, uh, "Would you rather drown to death or be burned alive?" And I was like, "Dude, first of all, Fuck is you. there? Yeah, like, what is? What are you plotting, by the way? And <laughs> what is happening in your quarantine where these are the thoughts that are? He's like, "Well, I was just watching this, like, move the shark documentary, and a guy like." was like swimming away from the shark and then he was out by himself for a while and he like almost drowned and like so he's like i was just thinking about if i drowned like treading for water and i was like you know i mean i i guess i don't know drowning seems pretty traumatic but burning seems like it would probably take longer i have spilled cup of noodle soup on my uh genitals when i was in the eighth grade (laughs) and i'll never forget that and i'll neither were my kids psych won't be having them because of that (laughs) Hey guys, Adam Ray here for the About Last Night podcast. Hope you're enjoying the episode. Man, it's good to be back. And you know what? The best part about being back is sharing the goodies with you, the fans. I love candles, okay? You know from listening to this podcast, we've always had candles living around the apartment and now my new place. And um, I'm tired of buying the bullshit candles from the store. I want some personal touch. I want something handmade. So that's why I found Hangover Candle Company. That's right. Homemade by a bartender in Fort Collins, Colorado. He's a big comedy fan, podcast fan, reached out, said, I love the pod, would love to send you some candles. I'm like, I'm not comfy giving you my address. He's like, come on, trust me. I was like, all right, let's roll the dice. Boom. Now I've got fucking 40 different flavors of Hangover Candle Company candles in my place. Um, They're cut, sanded, poured, packed, and shipped all by him. Um, And you can choose from over 200 different containers, okay, to build your candle in and over 40 different scents to create your own uh, smell, you can customize your own scent. Shit, man, they've got flavors like uh, fucking root beer, apple pie, cinnamon stick, coffee, fresh cut grass, uh, hazelnut, lavender, leather, maple syrup, peach, pine, sandalwood, spearmint, sea breeze, vanilla bean, watermelon. Go to Hangover Candle Co. Uh, on Etsy. Okay, go to Etsy, type in Hangover Candle Co. It'll pop up at the shop and then pick your candles and then use the promo code ALN25 at checkout to get 25% off your first order. 25%. Hangover Candle Co. is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, But again, go to Etsy, 
Type in Hangover Candle Co., find the candles and the smells you want, create your own, and then use ALN25 at checkout to get 25% off of your first order. I love candles. They're great for any occasions, bar mitzvahs, circumcisions, uh, fucking weddings, funerals, gender reveal parties, uh, divorce parties, uh, coming out parties, coming in parties, coming parties. These candles are the shit, and they're my fave, and I want you guys to have them. So type in Etsy. Dot com and then type in Hangover Candle Co. and uh, and pick your candles and use ALN25 at checkout for 25% off. All right? Start smelling better. Start looking better. Start feeling better, okay? Because everybody farts, and candles are a great way to get rid of that. And now back to the episode. Do you cook? I, I've been cooking in the pandemic. I'm really afraid of hurting great myself. Great show, by though, the way. So I'm, what? Cooking in the pandemic. Because no one has a <laughs> cooking show right now. You should definitely start one. Well, you know what? I I know. I started the pandemic strong, like cooking every day. And then now I've just, but now I'm like takeout only. And yeah, I, I, there was that one minute though, where I was like, wow, I'm like a cook now. I cook all my own meals. And when I go back to work, I'm going to meal prep and I'm going to be this superstar cooking. And it's fuck all to (laughs) shit. Do you cook? Do you cook? Do people cook? I will try. I, um, my girlfriend cooks, so that's, she loves to do that. And I, uh, you guys live together? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I bought a place last May that has finally, it's the first time I've ever had a kitchen. Um, and that's like a kitchen that you, well, I mean, I I don't even consider my last. Did you have a Bunsen burner before? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you not? The kitchen I had before was the kitchen that uh, Charlie Bucket and his grandparents and mom had in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory was a better kitchen than what I had at uh, when I lived next to the Laugh Factory in this little apartment. It was just oh my god, I know where that is. I not those apartments. Not those oh, apartments. Okay, okay. Laurel okay. and Hollywood. It was at the top of Laurel, but still, it was you know oh, a two bedroom. What a nice location. <clears throat> it was great. There was a pool in the middle. It looked like Melrose Place. There was the pool in the middle and all the apartments around. So you could Super stare at the classic LA. Classic Sorry, LA. Stare at what? Stare at the old Russian guy that would sw- swim laps at seven a.m. every morning, and uh, I'd always <laughs> try to high. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'd always try to high five him too when I would see him, and uh, and he never high five me. And so it became this thing where I was just like, every time I'd see him, I was, I was like, it's ah, and I put my hand up, and he just like would walk right by me, and I was like, I don't know if it's a Russian thing to not high five or he. Maybe he's so tired from swimming laps that he doesn't have any more arm strength, but he wouldn't even smile at me. It was a weird place. I think there was a lot of shady, like, I don't want to say sex trafficking, but definitely, like, drug deals and weird <laughs> Airbnbs and, like, also very classic L.A. Never never a sentence I want to hear. I don't want to say sex trafficking, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> yeah, where, where, where did you live when you first got to L.A.? We met, I feel I like, when, when you first Very got, early on when right, I started. Right. I, so I actually live very close to where you're talking about. I lived on Fountain in Fairfax. Oh, cool. Actually, Fountain in Hayworth. Yeah. So I was always right around that area. And, you know, it's weird that you say old Russian, man, because I don't think of West Hollywood as being very having like a big Russian population. But it must because there's the only Russian bakery I've ever seen in Los Angeles is right in the middle of West Hollywood, like in the hottest, primest real estate next to Whole Foods, which I've always been like. I and I've I have always gone there and every time I get something, it's always so fucking dry (laughs) and not good. And I'm like, how is this bakery in business? Like there's a sprinkles cupcakes. (laughs) 
fucking miles away. There's like the all the hottest bakeries in in the world have built second locations here in West Hollywood. How is this dry ass Russian bakery? And now I'm Survive. Russian, so I can talk shit. Me too. How do they? Yeah. How do you know? How they survive? Uh, no, they're always just like, if you want muffin to be mo- moist, you pour water on it. You're like, that's not, why don't you just fucking make it better? Uh, yeah, they. I don't know how they survive. It's, and they, I mean, they do have like, you know, the, the, the oddest of pastry selections, which is probably the appeal to it. But I don't know, maybe the location, maybe because it's so, such a different spot in, next to that Whole Foods, it's, the contrast is so, I don't know. I don't know how they Maybe there's there's no answer. Whatever you are just trying for, <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. Stop right there. <laughs> Wait, when when did you move to LA though? I moved to LA in um, uh, April of 2009. From How Chicago, about you? right? Yes. Uh, yeah. And you were doing? Did you even do stand up before? I did a couple sets before I moved to LA just to feel like. I do stand up and not be totally terrified of starting in LA, but I mean, I started here and as did you, right? Very similar. Where yeah. did you come from? Seattle. Oh wow, yeah. that's such a cool place to be from. I'm it so is. jealous of that. Well, Chicago why, is. A... Why did you even? I'm from a suburb, though. I don't know. Seattle, Chicago is still so Midwesty, which I do love, but like. Yeah. I just don't. I feel like when I think of Seattle, I think of like so high class. Like you guys are like you. Ha- you knew about coffee before the rest of us. Like I just feel. <laughs> oh, we like know where the beans I come from, be... baby. <laughs> yeah. The, uh... It just feels like there's good education there or something. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's a very. I don't know. I. I. I love being from there. I love that it's so close to LA, and I love the. You know, I'm a big seasons guy because of that. So I'm just like. I love the LA sun all the time, but I do when it gets like gloomy. I I love it because it because uh, I just grew I up think. in that, so I didn't know any different. And I also like I like fa- fall is just the shit, like a classic. Seeing the leaves change, not that it's something that I like, you know. Really, uh, you know, it's not like I YouTube like videos of leaves changing. Like I miss it that much, but I just the, just like being in a like. I don't know, just be, feeling also cold and, like, feeling, like, the cold air. Like, that's why I'll wear shorts and a T-shirt in, like, 40, 50-degree weather in Seattle because I just love to uh, – I, I just you get so used to the warmth out here, which is great, that I I like to – I don't know. And maybe I just – the blood's warm. I don't know. I should probably get my blood checked. Well, but. no. <laughs> I'm very – I get cold. I'm, like, you know, a small woman. I get cold very easily. Yeah. But I will say that this January I was in Chicago for the month, and I, like, I was a little bit depressed, and I, like, fed off of the cold weather. It just, like, energized me in a way yeah. that I'd never experienced it before. And I, I don't know if it was because I was depressed, like, just feeling that cold fucking chicago wind just felt good it felt really like made me feel alive i don't know it was i so i hear what you're saying like the seasons are kind of essential and i do think that's why in la you can get a little bit depressed because it's like oh every day is the same and yeah it's a little groundhog day yeah but people there are people who like you have the sun you have it all but i know kind of need some changes it's not all that great people la ain't all no it's awesome. I uh, <laughs> did you ever think you would live here and, and have a, a, a hit TV show and have super famous friends and <laughs> the best clubs? You're so nice. And have a hour Comedy Central special produced by Adam Sandler, hot for my name. Ah, Esther, it's so fucking thank good. You. 
You you were Thank funny you. right out of the gate though, so it's not surprising. But you, I think you can speak to this. Like, it's funny to probably. I first of all want to know, uh, just seeing the special. Did you watch the special all the way through once it came out, or are you one of those people that like I can't listen to my sets, I can't review the game tape, I I don't like to hear my voice, I don't like to. Or did you get over that at a certain point and realize it was necessary to okay. the process? Yeah. Such a good question. So much to say. I okay, way better so than my. Are you a pers- fan of good lighting? <laughs> that was so a, funny. A but the fact that yeah. you called yourself out was brilliant. Okay. okay. So, so I record every single set that I perform. I audio record it, and yeah. I have never listened to one of them. <laughs> I I record every set, and I've never listened to one. Ever. Take that in. <laughs> I can't do I've literally sat in my therapist's office and she's like, okay, we're going to do it now. And I'm like, no, next week. I, I hate it. And it's part of it is laziness and just not wanting to go there. The, the listening to myself do a set is absolutely disgusting. I, it just, it's awful. Do you, can you, I I mean, like, I love it. (laughs) No, I, no, I, I have to, um, I think early on I did a lot because I, uh, and I wouldn't even like hear, I wasn't even, I was so focused on, on, on not hearing laughs to stuff that I thought was funny and being like, fuck, why didn't that work to really give too much thought into like, man, I don't like hearing my voice. I sound stupid. But then after a while you, I would hear jokes, even ones that, you know, once you get it, get into it and start to trust yourself more and get more confident and know that trying something new you're like oh i i am pretty confident that there's even if this doesn't crush all the way through that this idea is going to get enough laughs for me to 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 explore you know in sets to come but i i would not even like hearing it felt so much better on stage and i'm listening to it and i'm just like oh like why like it's not i'd start to doubt the comedy of it and because i didn't like hearing so i was like i can't do that so I think as a default, it made me more aware on stage of trying to like remember new stuff and I would mm. tr- go listen for just those moments and not listen to the set all the way through. Uh, because That's, it's, it's really, it, sorry. It's, it's just so interesting to hear you say that you wouldn't like your voice. Cause I feel like you, which is everyone, but you like famously have an amazing voice. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, it's almost like when Halle Berry got cheated on and you're like, oh, everybody gets <laughs> cheated on. It's like, oh, you don't like your voice? Like, yeah. oh my God. Okay, great. Like, yeah, that's yeah. such a relief because you have the best, you have like the best voice. So that's really, that's helps me cope <laughs> a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I... I actually can watch my sets better cool. than listen because if I'm watching, I'm more focused on my appearance right. and yes. that I'm totally fine with dissecting. But if I have to just dissect the the sound of the crowd versus what I'm saying and yeah. like Dave, my fiance always makes fun of me and gives me shit. Cause he's like, I think you always think you did better than you really did. Cause I'll be <laughs> like, I had such a good set and then we'll list. And then like when I do force myself to listen with him, He's like, this is okay. So, but what, which is a little bit scary because you never want to be the person that thinks you're better than you are because that's Fuck, yeah. horrible. But I, I think it's good to at least have a little confidence to keep going anyway. Uh, do, do you uh, miss 
did watching your did you have a watch party did you watch it with your folks or your agents or did you like do a zoom watch thing or i just watched it by myself you know my boyfriend my fiance whatever he is he was in and out of the room um which is so nice but you know i i was very involved in editing it so cool i which was painful at times sure. not gonna lie and also <clears throat> you know when you do the same set over and over again the last thing you want is like any thing to do with it now yep. but because my special also has other scenes in it those are were those were fun for me to rewatch. which i love my parents yeah i don't Thank know if that you. was your uh, i'm assuming it was because you just are a very creative outside the box person and i'm and also i know how big of a you know part of just your life and career your folks are and and seeing them bringing them into it was like really i could tell really special for you and also it was like <clears throat> it was a cool way to do it because i don't know sp specials uh you know not that we're oversaturated with them uh by any means but no. it's just it's you kind of know what you're getting each time with the with the hour and and to break it i've always viewed like all comedy this way like even with the the just being on stage it's like it's the stage is there for you to be funny but there's no rule book for it so it's like whether you're if you're yes. fast you're slow you have music you don't like that's why when people kind of judge sometimes like if someone gets up there with a guitar or they are doing this or you know rick glassman pulls out a puppet for a quick bit sometimes it's like oh my god it's just to be fun it's there's no and so even with yeah, the special to kind of no to rewrite the playbook and and incorporate I loved it, and you must have shot it what three different times? Because I think you had three different outfits in the whole uh, throughout. Four. So we did. Four. We did two nights, and we did two shows a night, and you know we were able to kind of do that because the venue was really small, and so it was affordable. It wasn't you know we didn't do some like big fancy venue, so that looked, kind of allowed us to stretch. Spacious, which was great. It looked not yeah, yeah. that <laughs> Dynasty Typewriter downtown. It's such a nice space, but it's small. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think you and I are similar in the fact that like, we're not only stand-up comedians, like you're an actor with a huge resume. And like you were saying, you do character podcasts, like you've done so much sketch work. Like I, that's kind of the ball game that I like existing in, whereas like kind of do, I do comedy. And so that yes. means like, I like to act in funny things and do a podcast where I can be a little silly. Like I just like being able to do all of the things. And I think that's what makes you and I like open to yeah. playing with the rules. Whereas you're right. There's a lot of comedians who are pretty strict about like, this is how you write a joke that this is how you do a special. Like, yeah. And those people are great and we need those 100%. people too. But I, but yeah, I, I totally am on the same page as you with that. Do you think you were drawn to, uh, like, when you were in Chicago, uh, the people that just kind of got you excited about comedy? Were they doing similar things that were kind of multifaceted and, and not just kind of uh, doing it the, the same way? Well, yeah, you know, when I, I I really liked watching SNL growing up and really looked up to Chris Farley and um, Adam Sandler, David Spade, those people I always thought were so funny. And... Yeah, I actually wasn't even didn't even really know what stand up was until high school and then I went to this the Scotland Fringe Festival with my high school class and Holy shit. I saw I, I know I went in college for 6 weeks with a group from you USC. Did? That's the one of the craziest experiences of my life. Did you go to perform or just go to watch? We did a show, but we did not go for 6 weeks. We went for like 
maybe 10 days or something. Still, whoa. But yeah, that's where I, so cool, so weird. That's where I first discovered what stand-up comedy was. There's there's thousands of shows every day and so many little black box theaters and bigger venues and so many stand-up shows that are just like at bars. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. So you saw, what, your first show there? and. Yes, I want you to guess who the first comedian I saw was. You'll never guess. It's impossible. But it is someone who's really amazing. It's a female comedian who's, like, iconic. Can you guess? <laughs> this wow. is the worst thing I've ever done to anyone. No. Uh, can I can I narrow it down, like, by, I don't know, race or yeah or um, shoe size? Uh, Blonde, white, female. Think of someone where if that was the first person you saw, it would just blow your mind. Uh. Ellen? No. <laughs> B. Arthur? I'll tell you. <laughs> Maria Bamford. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. She was the first one I saw, and I was like, I sat there, just like jawed the floor, like, what is this? What did I just experience? So silly. What? Oh my God. Yeah. She was so funny. It was so cool. It was, and that was just how I like became like, then I wanted to only see comedy at the festival and everyone else I saw was terrible. Um, so that, it was a real letdown, but did you get to see stand-up comedy when you went? We worked the whole time. We like, it was just, you know, I was on the younger side of, cause we, uh, a few other of my classmates that went, we had just graduated in 05. And, and so a lot of the people that went were the oldest, I think was somebody that was like 20 years removed. Um, uh, from graduating, but we all built all our sets. We had one venue and we did like, I think six different shows a day. There was like a dark play. There was a musical. There was a one show that was like the hit of the festival was called star Wars in 30 minutes. Um, so it was like, it it was like we, everybody played like 15 characters and it was constantly, it was like, it was really fast. It was just constantly moving and quick, like lots of, what quick a good dialogue. Concept. It was amazing. And it was in this tiny theater. It was always packed. And it was always a midnight show. Um, but I couldn't really... I got out one night to go see some shows. and uh, But I studied abroad in London my junior year. And that's when I first saw stand-up and, and saw this guy named Ross Noble, who was a big uh, comic uh, in, in London and was big on crowd work. And that really got me interested in that. But uh, I did a bunch of shitty bar shows. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, I just kind of got a, a bug for it. I'm just kidding. There's nobody there. Hey guys, comedian Adam right here. Hope you're enjoying this episode of the About Last Night podcast. Boy, I gotta tell you, I've been feeling good lately. And the reason why? Koi CBD. That's right. Back in the game. Feeling like my best self. Look, Koi CBD is the best CBD company in the business. I don't care what you hear from other people, other comics. Koi CDB, CBD. See, I got so much BBD, CBD inside me, I ain't even fucking talking right. You know why? Because I slept well on the Koi CBD gummies. That's right. They've got everything from tinctures to bath bombs to gummies. Uh, they got a skincare line coming soon. They got hand sanitizer during these times. It's very important. So... What you want to do, if you want to start feeling like your best self, you want to take some Koi CBD bombs, put them in the bath, okay? What? Yeah, come on in. Jackson, I'm doing an ad for my podcast. Can you say, hi? Hello. Say, I use CBD gummies. I use CBD gummies. From Koi. From Koi. Koi's the best. Koi's the best. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel good. I feel like my best self. I feel like my best self. Look at these muscles. Look at these muscles. Kiss him. 
If you get Koi CBD right now, you go to KoiCBD.com, promo code about last night, and you get 20% off your first order. That's incredible. Bath bombs, tinctures, skincare, hand sanitizer, gummies. They've got everything. They're my favorite. It's who I use. So start using it for you too. I can't recommend these guys enough. They're homies and all their shit works. Jackson, say 20% off. 20% off. If you use the promo code about last night. If you use the promo code about last night. About last night. About last night. Show them those guns again. Kiss them. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Sandler, see you do stand up. Is that how he got involved, or did they submit? So, no, no, no. Okay, so let me explain. So, one of my very good friends is a director named Nick Goosen, and yeah. I don't know if you have worked with him. No, have, but I know, know him very well. Yeah, oh yeah, I know him very well. I'm a big fan, but yeah. So he's awesome. He and I met like eight years ago. We had the same manager. We just like you know had a general meeting, became friends, bonded over like burgers and just have been friends for a long time he's it's weird he's like a very tall socal like almost like surfer vibe yeah but inside i swear he's like a petite jewish girl too and he <laughs> which is the best I know, and he <laughs> if you're a guy trying to like he's... you know make a good impression be just like access your inner tiny jewish girl uh just because you'll come off Right? Like a lot, you'll be a lot more charming, so harmless, likeable. so yeah. likable. I feel like you're really good in general <gasps> meetings too, yeah? I feel like you can just gab and bullshit and quickly steer the conversation away from like shop talk. Uh, you know what? Maybe. I actually, I'm, I, they're so, general meetings are the most I know. awkward, weirdest yeah. thing ever. But anyway, so Nick, uh, that, so Nick and I have been friends forever and like we've tried to get a project going for a long time. We were pitching this web series. Like we, we, we actually wrote a series together, a what digital series back when ABC was doing digital stuff. It never yeah. got made, but, and so he, Nick was working with Adam on, um, hundred percent fresh. So Nick was just kind of helping. He shot some stuff for it. He was helping organize for the tour. And one night Nick was like, Hey, let me show you this set of Esther one of us was sets and then he showed it to him told him about me and adam was just like i want to produce it let's do it and nick we were like what? nick was like what okay great and nick called me like we're gonna do your special adam's producing and i was like what are you talking about like i don't have i'm not doing a special so you like, hadn't I even thought about trying. trying okay wow that's fucking crazy you know i'd always thought i i had always had the idea in my head like when i'm ready I would like to do a non-traditional special where I include my parents, maybe a sketch. Like I kind of knew that, but I never was not near. I didn't, I am a slow, I'm slow at, at generating materials. So yeah. I, I've been doing it. I had been doing it 10 years and did not feel ready for a special, but I'm glad that that happened obviously for many reasons, but mostly because it just gave me, that like deadline and that reason to just kick myself in the butt and actually make it happen. Um, and you know, that crew, the happy Madison crew of people is they're just, they're so experienced. They're so like happy and nice and friendly. And everyone who was involved was such a good person. It's like, they love what they do. They're taken care of. It it was a great, group to be involved with of experienced friendly like all the best things you can imagine you know and adam sandler like he has the reputation he has for a reason he is so kind and nice when i saw him at the uncut gems premiere 
he was just like, how are you guys? Like, he's just so wow. him and his wife are like, they should be the fucking like, like presidents of show business. Like they're just so friendly and nice. And they, you know, they're just, I feel like they just make everyone around them feel so good. And yeah. so it was really cool. And I feel like very, very lucky to even know them. Was he, that's yeah, that's bonkers. And so uh, unreal on many levels because to, I think most comics, whether they, uh, you know, were diehard Sandler fans, everybody in our like age range, there was something Sandler to to get jacked up about, right? Some movie, some album, yeah. Uh, you know, they just did did so much that there's like, uh, to have that be a part of like your first special is uh. Is really crazy. That's like a big pinch yourself moment, and probably something that, uh, you know, you'll uh, you'll be you know bragging to your your kids about. Did you have people that were? <laughs> did you have? Do you want kids? I don't know. Yeah, me neither. Pandemic. It, it's really questioning it all. <laughs> a thousand percent. I just was with some buddies yesterday and with their kid, and they they they're they're crushing it, but they looked defeated. You know what I'm saying? Like they were just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. Just trying to find a. Do you want another toy? Do you want to? No, you're good. You got enough toy. You do have enough toys, don't? Yeah, we. Let's go because we're running out of cash. It was just like, yeah, and, and and even being around my nieces and nephew, which I fucking love. They're a great source of birth control, but definitely like, it's eighty twenty. You like, are so love. sweet with them. You, I, I've never seen a better uncle. I wish you were my <laughs> uncle. You are. So, you seem like. The dream uncle, like the love you have for them, I yeah. feel it online. I oh, literally that's cool. it comes through. Oh, that's so great. sweet. I was just around them so much when they grew up because they first four, almost five years without a dad. So I was like, my stepdad's great, but he's more of a, you know, works with you know kids in high school and whatnot, and he's just never been that attracted to kids at that stage. So I was like, all right, they need a male influence and. And I just it was the first ones in the family, and they were just, they were just great out of the gate. And also, you know, they once they started to, who doesn't want to like have people at that age that you can be that silly with? And now they're still yeah. they're starting to be kind of turned into somewhat little bitches, but they're almost eleven, so it's like <laughs> that's normal. And I encourage that side too, but they still, you know, they still are very silly, which I know I've uh, contributed to you know, expanding that side of them, which it's like, man, I just hope, at least for me, I know how the funny helped me through my uh, life in good times and bad. And it's like, not that they need to be the funny ones or the class clowns, but like to have a good sense of humor, I feel like can be a saving grace in so many stages of life. And and even just as, you know, they start to deal with the the girl stuff and and whatnot to have a, you know, a, a comedic, mind to to be able to look at the bad stuff uh will you know soften the blow of life um well, that's all the time we advice? have Esther. no <laughs> yeah. do you have advice because i'm a terrible aunt i feel like i'm such a bad aunt and i want to be a better aunt do you have niece and nephew advice for me i need something wow should i start a separate podcast called uncle stuff yes. <laughs> <laughs> here's how you be the fun uncle uh the funkle uh i think <sighs> You know, I definitely, I try to, 
you know, like even when I, I was staying at a hotel up in Seattle last time and the pool, they they just opened the pool that was at the hotel, but you had to rent it out. And I I try to do, A, just like their imaginations. I try to always get away from the electronics. They want to show me games and show mm. me stuff. And I never, I'm just, I'm, I don't, in, I don't act interested. It's always like trying wow. to do stuff that we did as kids with where it's games outside it's on the playground the pool stuff like card games uh but st- or stuff that we just have to interact and that um a lot of make-believe stuff too i mean even in the pool like yeah we were doing this thing where they were creating these whole worlds and it was like a choose your own adventure book and they would i would pretend to be this character and they were mermaids and i didn't i was a fisherman and i didn't know that they were mermaids but then when i found out i was trying to kill them so i had these like pool noodles that were like harpoons but they would kind of dictate the whole story it was really just like jump when i jumped in on that level with them it was i saw them like look at me in a in a different light and i started that like early on cuz i definitely got high a few times and tried to read them bedtime stories but they were just like that story sucked and i was like that was 45 minutes of gold and they're like you just sat there and asked where mom hid the Cheetos and then said the end. And I was like, all right, fucking part two's <laughs> tomorrow. But they uh, they just have such, I think so quickly with the technology stuff, they can they can grow up almost too quick by seeing too much stuff. So by never, uh, uh, you know, getting involved in that stuff with them and trying to keep them like, I don't know, just more kid-like. Uh, and again, the, the playful. Play, yeah, and the playful pretend stuff I feel like has really they they i think all kids like uh get off on that way more than the technology stuff it's just about having somebody to like jump in fully with them and access it so i and also i feel like it's you know i because i didn't get a lot of that um mm-hmm. you know i didn't really uh folks or even my sis wasn't too big on that so it's which is probably why i like just would talk to myself or play with puppets um but uh what if I just started crying? But yeah, so I think it's, <laughs> I think, yeah, getting involved with them on a, uh, and, and accessing the imagination Creative is like, imagine, yeah, yeah, it's a home run. And my I mom's like big that. on like arts and crafts and shit. And I'm like, yeah, that's fun. But that only goes, but that that's another, I mean, yeah, that's anything creative, I would say, I guess is. Uh, that's really good advice. And I'm similar to you, whereas I feel like I was always desperate for someone to play with me when I was little. Yeah. And so I do, I wonder if that's like, part of why we're drawn to this career because we you know i know it's really lame to say but like acting is like play pretend and you know i just wonder if that has something to do with you know how sad we were when we were little (laughs) but a thousand percent does by the way i didn't realize how fucking good of an actress you were uh my uh, girlfriend got introduced to you on uh, alone together you and benji i mean you just are so for for being like having such a subtle delivery, you pop on screen. Like it's very, it's a very, so nice. it's like a dry energy. I don't know what it is. You know what I'm saying? But cause obviously like with your delivery and, and your tone, it's like real calming and easy, but like, you know, it it's, and you obviously like just you, you heighten it for the screen a little bit, but it was like really easily digestible. And you and Benji's voices like matched perfectly and your energies. And it was, uh, yeah, it was just to to see, you know, you on stage, and then that version of you was like really uh, unexpectedly awesome. And thank uh, you, that's I, so nice. Oh yeah, the show, and she was obsessed with the with the show. That was her first intro to you, and then when she got to see it at the wow. store, 
at the comedy store, she was just like, yeah, even even like it just like went up notches because because now oh, you're getting that this. Is the yeah. Best. When my male comedian friends tell me that their girlfriends like me, literally, it gets me high. I just feel <laughs> so flattered because I know that they're cool and they have like I just and they have good taste because they're with someone yeah. who's so funny and cool. I'm just like, oh yeah, like oh yeah, so good. No, that's she, the goal. And she's like, you know, she's seen, she's been to the store and just been seen, gotten so obviously because of, uh, you know, uh, you know, being fortunate enough to be us to be in a, a place where we're in the thick of it, right? And getting to do cool shows with cool people and getting to headline all that cool stuff. Once you get a front row seat to that, like you almost become not a comedy snob, but she just really has a a, a solid taste now for what she likes and doesn't like, and she. Uh, she just, she was laughing a lot when we were watching your special too, and and she liked all the. That's so cool. Uh, oh yeah, and she was commenting as well about the uh, involving your parents and stuff. D- did they uh, dig that part, or were they like, "We'll do it for you because we love you"? But like, your dad seemed like he was all about it, and he's very funny on camera. He so when I I first told them I'm doing a special, they were like, "That's amazing!" Cool. And I was like, "You guys have to be in it," and they were like, "We're not going to be in it," and I was like. <laughs> You have to be. I already told Comedy Central, and they're like, "Ugh, fine." And then you know, because I had always, I had always periscoped. I was, re- I got really into periscope like two years ago, and I would always try to live stream when I was home with my family. But my dad, whenever he would find out I was filming, he would like grab the camera. He was so mad. He never wanted to be on camera. So I was really glad that he kind of got into the groove of it when we shot this. Yeah. But they were reluctant at first, but then now they're like they're excited about the outcome i think they're i think they seem into it have they had friends uh hit them up about you know being a little bit on tv but you know it's you know it's comedy central which not everybody it's not like the easiest thing to find for everyone so i think it'll be a little bit of a slow burn because it doesn't come out in front of the paywall or however you say it like you need a cable login to see it now but i think on august 2nd you can see it for free so oh great we'll you know, we'll see like how the feedback continues, but it's been fun to hear from like, you know, my dad has like random college friends calling, which is that's been kind of that's awesome. you know, yeah, it's nice that it's brought people out of the woodwork in a in a friendly way. Um, I have a question for you actually because Please. I, okay, so I always look at you as someone who's very proactive and like I just when I first started stand up you were always putting out videos before it was like cool or like common to put out videos. Like you were so ahead of that. Like you were so on top of it. And I was always so impressed by your work ethic, how you just were always putting out funny content and keep it almost like keeping yourself busy in the right Right. kind of way. And I have a question for you because I know you have that in you. What are you doing now in the pandemic? There's no stand up. You can't do stand up. But but you are also not like trying to make a name for yourself because you started movies like you have this hit podcast like so what do you what are you doing what is your like businessy career comedy advice right now uh, like what are you doing how are you staying that like savvy smart ahead of the curve Adam Ray person in these Whoa. situations Whoa uh, Well I love you for saying that when I met you first of all was it what year was it when I because I started in two thousand seven. Uh, and started working Probably at the comedy store. Okay, yeah, I think I started working. Wait, at the you store. worked at a comedy store? I only did phones, I, so I was behind the scenes. That's right. Like Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays for like 
three what years. What year were you working there? 2010, to, I think, or in 2009 to 2013. I stopped when I when Bobby uh, started taking me on the road, and then and then right. uh, and then when I got in the heat, I was like. Oh, I'm not working here anymore. I was like, because now I'm going to get some fucking sweet spots. Nope, still 1245. And I remember going to Tommy once and I was like, but you know, I and I never was like going to be one of those people to complain about where I fell. I was like, like, I feel like once you try to massage your spots, I would see people do that at other clubs and want to go earlier, get in the sweet spot. And I was just like, I, I, it looked gross to me. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. And then obviously like you get to a point to where it's like, if you're, you know, if you're dead last and you, you know, you ask somebody because maybe if you have a 6 a.m. flight and you're whatever and you, you know, but even that sometimes I feel like is, you know, it's like, well, then maybe just, I don't know. It's like, what are you really, you're getting out of an hour. You can't sit around and, and do your thing. And to try to massage your spot, I feel like is taking away from potential growth is how I saw it. Because I was like, all right, yeah. I was like, I'm in this movie. I would think that. You know, Tommy would throw me like maybe one eleven fifteen spot just because of that. And I know that stuff mattered to him, but I was like, "Hey, man, like maybe you're taking away what you're gonna get out of those twelve forty fives, twelve thirties by trying to." I like that attitude. You know, that's that. Uh, that's the winners of mentality, by the way. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, it was definitely a bummer, and he was, you know, but but uh, I don't know, right? So so I always just. I don't operate well if I don't feel, uh, again, like creatively satisfied and, and, and busy, but I have gotten yeah. better, better, I think at chilling out and realizing that you can burn out. And I've, I have a handful of times and it's, you know, it's awful. And it's like, there's, what's the point of, of hustling so much and trying to do all these things if you can't even be around to enjoy it in a, you know, and, and shorten your life and all that. But I, I, it's been a challenge. I right out of the gate, I was super. I was like podcasting a, a bunch and doing podcasts and and trying to make quick little sketches to to put out. And then that was fine, but it was I was really kind of only doing all that stuff for Instagram and then the podcast. And then I was like, did a few Zoom stand up shows and that was fine, but it was like not doing it. And then I would start writing yeah. uh, and and finishing some projects that you know, things that you're like, oh, I just don't have time right now. And then I was like, well, now there's no excuse. So I should finish that movie I was working on or, or, you know, that show and then get it rated. But then, I, but then being like, well, when is that going to happen? So then I would kind of pull the plug on that. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, uh, wearing a condom the night before a, a gangbang, you don't even have an invite to, I was like, there's no point to this, you know, there's probably a better metaphor, but, but that's what just maybe. came into my head. And yeah, maybe, but maybe not. That might have been it. So I just kept starting things and then being like, what is the, and then talking myself out of it. And then being like, maybe I should just enjoy life. And then I'd go up to Seattle for a bit and really just try to be like, hang more with your brother-in-law and talk and do that and just make more time for that. That's other thing. Oh, th those were other things that I was always so uh, bummed that I didn't have enough time to do because I was so yeah. work heavy. But then I was like, I need to be like that because I'm not happy if I am not, uh, again, like sat working on something and building stuff from the ground up is like my favorite thing. So whether that is doing these yeah. character podcasts with Jeremiah, where we, we have these loose ideas and we just fucking improvise uh, our faces off and, and getting to kind of figure out what that is and, and, you know, come up with new characters and, and then maybe, you know, see if there's things to extend that into a larger concept of a short or, 
<coughs> right now I'm trying to figure out if there's a way to get a small crew and like do a, you know, inv- I'm always been big on investing in myself and it's probably why I'll never Me have a, ba- a backyard, but I, uh, <laughs> but because I just, you know, put money into stuff that I'm just like, I fucking, I don't, I don't know. I just want, I am in literal debt for a tie dye business. <laughs> I am oh, no. so down. I'm in about my to spend a thousand dollars on your tie dye business, and so is my girl. I'm best. I'm not even fucking you joking. You want to invest? This is you want to stay far away. I, I disagree. Am, I disagree. I'm, I'm Looks very comfortable. I'm throwing money at at these fake businesses that I start. <laughs> it's crazy. I, it's very I, pandemic like, of everything, you. Everything you're saying, I think we are so similar. We are. I. I have to go, 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 be busy, 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 and then I don't enjoy my life, and then I crash, and then I burn, yeah. and I'm miserable, and like, it, I have no balance, I have to learn balance, and yes. I, and then if I, when I'm doing nothing, it's like I hate myself, I'm not productive, I, you know, so hard on yourself, but then when you do stuff, yeah, I'm just really relating to everything you're saying, and um it's a tricky it's, balance to find because then when you burn out, then you do you force yourself to have to chill out for a few days. And then there's something exciting about being like, all right, cool. <clears throat> this day I'm back at it and I'm and you let your brain kind of rest and kind of, you know, be more uh, pr- just prioritize what sounds uh fun to to put your time and energy into and and uh but it's again, I think you it's a cliche thing about having living a life worth writing about. That's true on many levels, uh, but also sometimes I feel, you know, if I live a life, if I, even hanging in Seattle and having three full days with my nieces, it was great. And then it's like I'll see one thing on Instagram or something that makes me go, "Fuck, you just wasted three days." Because look at what somebody just put out that that you know some full length that whether it was a, a special they did somewhere they figure out a way to do or whatever i was like man my brain wasn't in that world these last three days but but you know it shouldn't like you again you just have to have that yeah, yeah turn it on and turn it off yeah because that's really toxic and if you are like so hard on yourself all the time and you can't enjoy your fucking family like you're gonna crash and burn. You're gonna, like, that's what I've learned. It's almost like how I kind of learned how to manage my eating because I used to be, I used to be a huge binge eater, right? Like I could just go to McDonald's and spend like $50, like eat everything. Like I could just eat and eat and eat. Sounds amazing, by the way. So much fun. The greatest times (laughs) of my life. And um, I would never throw up, but I would just eat too much, get sick. Like, and so... And I, then I learned why I binge ate and it was because I would, I would, it was a cycle I was in where I would eat a lot and then I wake up the next day and be so full and be like, oh, I can't eat today. Like it's, and this is obviously like weird eating disordery behavior, but I'd be like, okay, I need to eat like just a salad and just a soup, you know? So I would eat very, very little that day. And then of course, come 11 PM, I am starving, starving. So then what do I do? I fucking go to Taco Bell and eat everything in sight. Yep. And I think it's very similar with like your relationship to career. Like I've I mean, done it's that too, the by the way. Same thing. With the eating thing. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Is, like, the pendulum will swing in the other direction and you'll, you just, you, you, you can't escape. You can't cheat it. Like you mm-hmm. have to really have the balance or it you'll, you'll fuck it up 
Yeah. I, I that sorry that wasn't making sense, but I'm glad no, you, you eat a lot too. <laughs> yeah, fuck. I'm. I mean, I you know I was a fucking fat kid, so I, that food's been my uh, kryptonite for forever. And finding like you know, uh, you know, when I see like The Rock posting his cheat meal of like a Sunday, I'm like cheat meal. What is fucking? <laughs> what is that? I just like good on you for having discipline. Jesus Christ! But you know he's, you know, do I want those muscles? You know, sometimes, but you know. I'm fine. I'm fine doing eight push-ups a year, but Esther, do you think? Do you think uh, you weren't supposed to laugh that hard? I think that uh, <laughs> finding a, a true, like being busy enough, I think during this is because I think to sit back, I want to come out of this, you know, mentally and physically better than, and also when will we come out of it? But I think it's. I, I truly am looking. That's a whole other question. That's a whole. That's a whole other podcast, baby. <laughs> At least having enough, like each day, to feel to like fill the uh, fill the glass and not feel like I like I try to do one thing at least a day and not overwhelm myself with a huge list of things that are like really feed me creatively and like this podcast is uh, definitely it and and uh, and then I'll do a, a you know there's some writing stuff I'm gonna work on tonight but not uh, and then pick and choose and then tomorrow is like a little bit of a heavier day with that stuff and but it's all it's also all fun still so i don't truly look at it as work but i also suffer from and i don't know if you do uh like you have so many uh great things going on and do can you uh do can you sit in a place and go fuck yeah or and how long does that last before you then like ah but i I want to be here. Like I want, of course I have a million it's things in my head right happened. now that I want to be doing. And I have to like reel it in and like, honestly putting together some sort of a low budget movie and shooting it and putting it out or trying to sell it is something I really want to do right now because I feel like people want so much content. And I'm like, yeah. at some point someone's going to do that and figure that out just the way like zoom shows or, you know, with the digital screen, like some, at some point it's going to turn where people are going to go, this is what it is for a little bit, unless your Netflix is dropping however much money with these stars to make it work so they can put out, but there's going to be other things that just aren't the opportunities might be uh, less. So to create them more for yourself, I think is going to be even uh, a bigger piece of the puzzle. You know, if you want to stay relevant or stay active in whatever it is, because if you can't, yeah, and just, you know, we have audiences, you, yeah. you, we both have built up audiences. So it's not like it's for nothing, whatever you make, there's a large amount of people that are going to love and enjoy that. So that, that also helps motivate, I think, for wanting to put your own stuff out there too. That's like a nice advantage. I think that we have of being in this business for, you know, the last decade or whatever it is. Um, Do you talk to your, uh, <sighs> you have a lot of famous friends and I'm, I'm, I when I started to see, I think on Instagram or even at the comedy store, like certain pick people you were with, I was like, God damn! I was like, that's fucking exciting because it's it's it lets you know too that you're on the right. When people that you look up to start being like, hey, come fucking, I you know, like everyone's <laughs> felt it on a certain level. The the you know a good chunk of us that we've started with that have gotten to do some cool things it's happened in one way or another and i want to know for you what was like that first like sarah silverman like who that like reached out or that you asked you to do a show or that said they liked your stuff or does it 
make you giddy like it did with like Sandler and now at the special? What was like the first taste of that where you were like, oh man, I think I'm on to something? You know, I have always really look up, looked up to the who I view as like the really cool female LA female comedians of the LA scene. So the people like Whitney Cummings, Chelsea Peretti, Natasha Leggero, like I just have this like creepy obsession with all three of them. And to the point where Dave, my fiance is like, like I remember once like when Natasha was doing an episode of Alone Together, I was like, Dave, I can't believe that like Natasha's going to be in Alone Together. We're like going to be in a scene together. And she's I'm like, she's so pretty. She's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Dave's like, she's your peer. You need to like relax. This is weird. Yeah. It's weird. She's yeah. your peer. You need to stop. And, and I, I don't agree with him, but I did try to take that in and be like, okay, maybe it is better for my own mental health for me to yes. view these people as my peers. Yeah. And I think ever since that moment, I try to just like stay like stay calm stay here you know because this is another thing i wonder if, if you'll relate to based on how i'm relating to everything you're saying <laughs> is like <laughs> i am really done with the high highs and the low lows that i have experienced from this fucking business and it's my fault but like the highs of the yeses that you've always wanted the highs of the performance on at midnight that went great all these like highs are so much fun and they're addicting but they always come with a low and so i'm really spending this year working on being done with that and just trying to stay trying to just creepy crawl along on the middle happy low medium line because i i don't want to i don't want it anymore i don't want to i don't want to play the the crash and burn game i don't know if you I'm sure you, there's no way you can't relate to that. You've been in movies. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, there was, <clears throat> it sucks. It, it, getting control of, of that definitely uh, is a must because it takes its toll. I, I mean, I feel like I've, for as, uh, you know, many cool things I feel like I've gotten to do. I focus on the amount of cool things that I missed out on. And that's like, or, or the things that like, you know, there was a year when, when mad TV, uh, when we got on that and then I was, uh, so it was a sketch show. Oh my God. It was so good. It was all right. It was so good. There were some pieces that were really good. (laughs) Yeah. I appreciate it. I watched every episode. You and Amir. Amir and I, yeah, the whole cast was great. Amir and I was so fun because we knew each other the the best. So we had such a, that was what was so fun for me was to see you guys. Yeah, together. I mean, that's, that was so cool. So it was like sketch show. Then I was acting on my buddy Joey McIntyre's show. And then I was hosting this game show with Eliza. And I was like, man, I'm doing all the things that I've been honing for years with like hosting, sketch, and acting all in the same year. It was like back to back to back. And it, and the way that they were viewed and, the, and the, how fun it was, I was like, man, all these are probably going to do three to four seasons minimum. So this is just going to be a fucking... Steady climb and uh, to who knows what, but I'm ready for it. And I blah blah blah. And I'm now I'm just gonna really try to get make sure that balance is good with taking care of myself and not burning the candle at both ends, which is tough to do because you're fucking you come off of any of those shows and then you're like, well now let's go fucking do this. And I just want to continue to 
ride the high and, and be social and do all that. And then all of them didn't come back. And it was just like this, like, oh, man. Like, and that was the first real taste of just, like, nothing is guaranteed. And it was such a – it definitely had a lull for a few But then thank God for stand-up because you're like, I don't really have uh, – I'm not going to let that seep into my set. And I have to mm-hmm. still do that. And it was a great distraction and something to go to immediately. But it was – yeah. And, yeah, I hear you. It's like I, you know, you, you, uh, there's no rule book for how to like handle being here and then going there and then trying to just get back to here at least. And I think that's like, I don't know what class you could take or person you can talk to. Talking to people who've gone through it definitely helps because they can give you perspective. And that's helped me the most. If I can reach out to people like that, that I'm like, and I'm sure you have people like that too, right? Mentors. I'm sure Whitney's been great for that uh, for you, yeah? Yeah. Like once you got alone yeah, together I... where people like, all right, here's something that I went through with having my own show that you should know about. Well, with that, you know, the one the thing that is great is that Dave is very low. You know, he's so realistic, and he he's very aware of helping me manage it. So, you know, he's always like, this is not a big deal. It's like, you know, he's just always trying to like keep me very grounded. And so that really helps. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Very like managing the expectations. So, um, which is great because alone together, I'm like, Oh my God, like I'm creating my own show. I'm starring in my own show, but it came out and like, it was on a network. No one could find and no one had heard of. And it it really did bad ratings wise on that network. It was like, it was a show kind of with the tone in the tone of what a comedy central show would be on a show on a network where that was not the vibe. And that was not what that audience wanted. And so, um, it didn't take off that said, like it's found it's kind of new little groove and, and following on Hulu, which is, so cool and i'm and i'm so proud of the show when i watch it back even though it was so stressful and like a blackout to make it i look back and i'm like oh this is funny i like this we did a great job i'm so proud of it um but that was another thing where it's like you're doing your own show and then like nobody saw it (laughs) that's it's just that's part of this and then like you said it's like i could focus on that I made my own show or I could focus on that. No one saw it. And for a while I focused on no one saw it. And now I focus on, we made a great product. So yeah. it's like, you really have to fucking massage your brain to, 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 to do it right. Yeah. Well, you, uh, you fucking nailed your special hot for my name. Thank you. Comedy Thank central. You. Uh, so proud of you. You're so funny. Your timing is just like, so are you. that's something too. That just gets like, you know, and you're always getting reps you're just people we don't talk about it because i guess it just becomes second nature at this point to know that like the work that is required and and never stops which is why it's such a great profession not everybody does it because it is once you know what's required you know once you're starting out you're like fuck all right i'm either going for it or i'm not and then it's just keeping keeping uh being consistent and you've always done that which Proofs in the pudding, like your jokes are. Thank your, you. The, your bit about being 18 was so fucking funny. There were so many jokes <laughs> in that three to four minute chunk, and it was like personal, and it was like, yeah, it was, it was, uh, 
you've really nailed like your point of view with like still being being silly, which I think is that's my favorite. Is like some heart, but like some silly and like good jokes, but nothing that's gonna uh, you know that you can't miss. And your your pace is always at a at a point to where it's like even a throwaway, you still have time to like absorb before you go to the next thing, you know. Which I always try to that aspire works. to do because I go too fast and I sometimes. I don't give time to let things hit. And you do that beautifully. Those are the best compliments ever. I feel very seen. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, and I'm going slow to fill the time because I don't have enough <laughs> material. So thank you for those compliments yeah, 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 on yeah. my timing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you go fast because you have so much material because you work hard uh, oh, and no. write and are it's very fear. funny. Um <laughs> But thank you. That that of course I, that means so much to me, and of I'm course. so I'm so glad we got to talk about all this stuff because it's this was great. Nice feeling understood. Of yeah, of course. Sorry, yeah, I didn't I'm realize so how serious and lame and mentally health no, focused. I, I love these conversations. Here you and are I, with this comedy podcast, and I'm just gonna make it sad. <laughs> no, Esther, I love. I it's, this is what's great too about this is like we've known each other for so long. And, you know, and had, you know, some business conversations like this where we've kind of related on these things, which is, I, which is nice. But, like, to really talk about it, like, years after once we've, like, absorbed enough experiences, too, to, to have some uh, insight is pretty cool. Do you uh, – yeah. are, are you pumped to get married? You guys are probably waiting on that. I just want to ask before we wrap up, right? I'm so not interested in a wedding at all. I was Well, pandemic so wedding, right? Fuck that. Right. Like you, it's not even an option. It, you no, you can't. You just got to wait. No. I, no. My best friend is also engaged, and I'm the maid of honor, and she's like still thinks she's having a wedding in December, and I'm just like, <laughs> girl, we got to get – girl, no. You're like, you're having a no, Zoom I'm bachelorette not- party. Deal with it. <laughs> Except the fact that we're going to get a magician over Zoom, and I'll mail out robes for everybody with your name on it. I mean – what yeah, a good I'm... plan, by the way. You just did all my work for me. That's Adam-Ray-4 <laughs> uh, at Venmo. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, it's exciting. And, uh, yeah, Dave's uh, Dave's a shit. You guys are uh, an adorable couple. And, uh, guys, go watch Esther's special. Go binge watch Alone Together. I fucking love that it's on Hulu. That's amazing. And Dollface, too. You're on that, right? On Hulu? Yes, that's on so, Hulu, too. So great. Um, uh at Esther, what's your Instagram and Twitter so people can follow you on Esther social media? Esther Monster. That's right. Esther Monster on Instagram and then Little Esther on Twitter. And Adam, I'm gonna be. I hope that you shoot some kind of movie in the pandemic. I'm I'm very excited at the thought of that. So well, I, I would love to act with you. So I'll definitely have to. Uh, I mean, I it's it's been the I'm last in. the last three days. Okay, good. The last three days has <laughs> been more of a like getting like fired up about putting uh my uh you know money where my mouth is uh and yeah. making it happen because i and then again there's just like there's no you're the, the only reason to not do it is if i just choose to not do it so it's uh um and i'm just i, I don't i can't be bored you know um but acting yeah. with you would be a would be a fucking treat that'd be really i cool. know i would love to i any any anytime you call i'm in i'm, okay, I'm cool. there uh and the tie-dye yeah. business i tell people where to go and then text me the link so I can uh, uh, buy some. Tell stuff me tonight. what you want. I will send you what you want. You have to just tell me what. I'll support give me the a business. Size. Where do people go? Well, that's a personal uh, question, it's... but yeah, that's yeah. Where is? <laughs> what's the li- <laughs> what's the link? 
Uh, the Instagram for it is sleepover by Esther. So you can just go there and that has all the info for when we restock and right. everything. Fuck yeah. Yeah, you make them Yay. yourself too. So like, come on. Like you don't want an original Esther tie-dye? Like it's not like you're buying them or getting them made. Like you're in there doing it. Like It's pretty cool. It's not like I'm a comedian anymore. I literally <laughs> make tie-dye now. We've... It's a great... So you do your movie. Yeah. I, okay, you go do your movie. I'm uh, on a whole different level yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I you're, just make clothing. <laughs> Hey, that is we're all we're all gonna take other like other lanes are gonna open up. You found one though, and it's like everyone has to adjust <laughs> and fill the time, and it's like that's also a very creative thing. So it's you know it is created uh, as embarrassing as it is as it's a children's camp activity, <laughs> bitch. It is creative. Okay, <laughs> I am creative with it, and I yeah. am having so much fun. Yeah, what if you it, were like so. I'm? I've uh, I started collecting mugs. I'd be like, pretty cool, Esther. <laughs> Let me know how that goes. Bye. But yeah, so you're making clothing and you're uh and, and also it's like it's a smart business move because people, you know, the more they see your shit and fall in love with you, they want to snab up Esther memorabilia. So that's a tough word to say. We'll edit that out. Uh, but that <laughs> yeah. uh, I love you so much. Thanks for doing this. I love you. Congrats again. Say hi to your girlfriend. Thank I will. you. Thanks, I will. Bye, Esther. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.